2: Hello there, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Buffering the Vampire Slayer. A couple of news items for you before we get into today's episode on New Moon Rising, which I am doing With Kate Leth, that is right. You've got me and Kate Leth talking about Willow, Tara, and Oz's return. So get excited, get your tissues, et cetera, et cetera. But before then, uh, a couple of things. Prom is in just a few days. Holy shit. Uh, I want to let you know a few things. One, if you are a patron of ours at any level, so if you give it the dollar, the five, the 10, the 25, any of those levels, that means that you have access to our secret Facebook group. So many cool things happen in that secret Facebook group and one of them is going to be happening on saturday on saturday you can stream jenny's live sets in the secret Facebook group. You can also watch them after prom whenever you want because they'll be there forever. Um, So if you want to become a patron of ours, you can do that at bufferingthevampireslayer.com. Just click on Patreon, get on into that secret Facebook group, and you can watch those live performances. It'll be two performances with some special guests. It will be fun. Uh, I also highly encourage you uh, to attend the virtual prom if you're not attending the actual prom. Virtual prom is being hosted by our very own Brittany Ashley and Laura Zach. It will be free and open for everyone that is on our Facebook page. So just the regular old Buffering the Vampire Slayer Facebook page that's open to all. They will be watching the prom, the Buffy episode, of course, the prom. They will be dressed up as though they are at a prom of their own because they are a virtual prom. And I know it's going to be so much fun. So tune in. That will be 5 p.m. Pacific time, which is 8 p.m. Eastern time. So the same exact time that prom will be happening here in New York City. It'll allow us to all Be together, yes. For those of you who are wondering who are coming to brunch on Sunday, that is happening at noon at the Ace Hotel as well. Details are on, all of these details are on bufferingthevampireslayer.com slash prom. Just a reminder to those of you joining us in New York, the doors will open at 7. We'll be playing some nice 90s tunes between 7 and 8 before the dancing and festivities truly begin. Though I suppose you can dance whenever you want. So, excited to see those of you who are attending in real life. Excited to see those of you who are attending in virtual life. I'm just excited. Okay. A couple other things. We are having a massive merchandise event. We are discontinuing so many of our shirts. So this is your last chance to get them and the ones that are going out of stock forever, or at least for a long time, are 15% off. So the Buffy Forever t-shirt, the Wow Palm Hat, our Awoo tee, the Vampire Willow tee, the Buffering Logo tee, so many of our tees we are taking out of our store. So this is your last chance to snag those items. You can see those items because they're all the ones that are 15% off and they say final sale. They're in our store bufferingthevampireslayer.com. Just click on store. It's only while they last. Some of those items are not super high in stock. So get on over there, scoop up what you want. Uh, and don't say that we didn't warn you. <laughs> okay. Another tiny thing. There's a lot of jingles in this episode. And we've been realizing that like we've been playing jingles, but maybe some of you are new. Maybe some of you don't know that a lot of our jingles and one day all of our jingles will be available for you to download. If you're a $5 patron, you get the jingles. You just do, because you're cool and you're ahead of the curve. But if you're not a $5 patron, you can on our website find the jingles. If you just click down on the music section, there's a little link to our jingles. Uh, That page will be updated as new jingles come through. So if you ever want one of those, you can scoop them up. So do that and enjoy all of the jingles that are coming forth towards your face this episode. Okay, one last thing today. You know that I normally do a little spooky news segment up here at the top of the show. But today I'm going to pivot that over to some sad news. Luke Perry, who was for so many of us a staple of our teenage years, who played heartthrob Dylan McKay on Beverly Hills 90210, who was most recently Fred on Riverdale, and who of course played Pike from Buffy the Vampire Slayer the movie, passed away Monday at the age of 52. He is a part of our universe in so many ways over here at Buffering the Vampire Slayer. We mourn his loss along so many of his fans, and we send our love and support to his beautiful family. I want to share a short story with you about Luke to honor him today. Some of you may have seen me post about this on social media already. Two years ago, I went to the GLAAD Awards with my friend Reese Bernard, who runs autostraddle.com. We were working the red carpet to interview the many celebrities who were there in support of the LGBTQ community or as LGBTQ people themselves. Luke was one of the last people to walk the carpet that night. And when he arrived, I didn't yet know the full reason of why he was there. When he got over to us, Reese told him that we loved his work. I was very embarrassed that we were kids of the 90s. We had adored 90210 and that I was working on a Buffy the Vampire Slayer podcast. Would he, she asked him, take a photo with me for the podcast? He didn't hesitate. He was so gracious, so kind, so seemingly unaware or unaffected or both of having been all of our collective idols in our younger years and still. And he smiled immediately, excitedly even, and he said that the only way we could take a photo was if it were a prom photo, which we did. And it's still one of my most treasured memories. Later that night, as I watched the award ceremony, I learned why he was there. He had accompanied Patricia Arquette and they were both there to honor Alexis Arquette, Patricia's sister and Luke's best friend. Alexis was a trans activist, an actor, and a poet who died from HIV-related complications in 2016. Alexis and Luke were best friends, and at the awards ceremony, Patricia said to the crowd, Luke and Lex were friends since they were kids, and I remember many years ago, the height of the 90210 craze, they all said, Alexis Arquette is dating Luke. Luke is secretly gay. And Luke said, I'm not going to say that's not true even though Alexis and I are just best friends, because that would be to say there's nothing wrong with it, and there's nothing wrong with it. Look, when you love somebody, you love them. Bottom line, Luke explained. And I loved Lex, and Lex loved me, and I don't need to explain that to anybody. That's how love works. A beautiful, compassionate man, an ally to our community, an icon for so many of us. We miss you, Luke. We send you love We send your family love, and we hope that wherever you are, you're with Alexis. And welcome to Buffering the Vampire Slayer, a podcast where we'll be watching and discussing every episode of Buffy the Vampire Slayer, one by one, spoiler free. I am Kristen Russo and I'm special guest Kate Leth. Oh my god. I just like imagined everybody in their cars and with their headphones on being like what? It's me. (laughs) Kate Leth unexpectedly in my ears. (laughs) Uh, This week Kate and I will be talking about season four episode 19 new moon rising. You might have an idea of why I asked Kate to talk about this episode. Mm-hmm. Stay tuned at the end of this podcast every week for an original song written by Jenny Owen Youngs, recapping the Buffy episode we are discussing. It's So exciting to do this part. Very official.
3: <laughs> yeah, it's
4: very
0: official. New Moon
4: Rising was written by uh, an imagine a heart around her name, Marty Noxon, <laughs> one of my favorites, her and Espenson, the big hits, and directed by James A. Conner and originally aired on May second, 2000.
2: <sighs> this is the one where... Oz's return to Sunnydale leads to his incarceration by the Initiative and complicates the relationship between Willow and Tara. Mm-hmm. The relationship, you say? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I do. I do and I will. Fuck. It's like, it's amazing. I was thinking today because I just I just rewatched it. Yes. And whatever. We'll talk about the end when we get to the end, but I mm. have to talk about it now. Like when we get to the end of the episode, I've, I'm so excited even though – We've been watching them now for several episodes. Oh, yeah. Get real sweaty doing spells. Like, there's a, like, but yet still, it's like somehow this season of this show with the two of them, like, managed to give us the excitement of seeing, like, two queer women pair together. Yeah. Many, many times, and it always feels like the first time. Mm -hmm. But then this
4: episode, we go from subtext to text. Wow, Kate. Wow. It's very exciting. <laughs> and I had forgotten because I did the fashion watch for the sweaty spellcasting yeah. episode. And I rewatched it. And sometimes when I do the fashion watches, I skip around because it's mostly about the outfits and I, you know, I know the plots. Sure. But that one I was just like, no, I'm I'm gonna re-experience this yeah. for my own joy.
3: <laughs>
4: yeah. Oh. And then I had forgotten about this one and forgotten about how many firsts happen in this
2: episode and how big of a deal it is and how many times it makes me cry. Yeah. Oh my god. You texted me last night mm-hmm. just so you know I'm going to cry and I was like sure 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 cuz like I knew it was like a sad that there was sad stuff but mm-hmm. man when I got to the end of this fucking
0: episode oh yeah oh yeah that's
2: be- okay we're like starting at the end we're <laughs> no like, we like gotta start go back to the end beginning. we to the beginning um, I want everybody to know the pun I made for literally just myself where instead of previously on I wrote previously Oz <laughs> so
4: you're all welcome
2: very, good. Um, very I, good I love I always love thinking about and you watched
4: this in real did you watch this in real time yes I started watching Buffy in real time from the end of season one so I was an OG Yeah, Um, And again, I think I've mentioned this before. We in Canada got it a day early on ASN, the Atlantic Satellite Network, I think, (laughs) in Dartmouth, Nova Scotia. We got it on Mondays and everyone else got it on Tuesdays. Um, But by this point, when it had moved to, was it? it's not not the cw what was the network uh w, well, it went from the wb to the to UPN. Was it Some, upn whatever happened then it started being the same day I we, should we, we weren't special anymore right. um but yeah no i was watching it cuz i remember losing sleep um like when they did the preview for the
2: first halloween episode and i was so excited <gasps> <laughs> oh, i just like that's the thing is i can't imagine i wish to live the life where I could see the previously on, and that's where I'm like, holy shit.
4: Yeah, because the previously ons were always like, oh, this
2: is what this episode's going to be about. So it was always so exciting. Yes, like you see fucking Oz, and it's like, you know, when you see, or like... I recently taped Superstar with Joanna, Mm and like when you see Jonathan, you're like, wait, previously on earshot? Like what the fuck is happening? It's
4: so good. And yeah, huge fan of that episode. Totally amazing. Um, but yeah, this one and this is so much for me because like I grew up with this show. I was really young when it started, and you know, I was like nine. Or 10 when i started yeah. watching it i was too young so tiny. you know because the gentleman kept me awake for three days oh right? my god yeah <laughs> <laughs> but and like my coming to terms of understanding my sexuality and my orientation happened literally you know alongside willow it yeah. was such a huge deal for me and i had but i had also been really really invested in willow and oz because mm. i loved oz and He's still imprinted on my brain. Right. In terms of like my type. <laughs>
2: nice use of imprinted for the werewolf Thank you. cave. Oh my God. <laughs> so yeah, this is a really this is a really big one. Yeah. So uh, speaking of queer mm. uh stuff, this oh, yes. fucking first scene kills me because I have a so I'm I'm building a thread. Uh, of basically, like, how to date a witch or, like, what it's like to start your queer witch relationship. And it it sort of goes episode by episode of, like, the monumental Willow Tara things. And I was like, there's a lot in this episode, but the fact that this opens and Tara's like, so are you, like, allergic to cats? Because it's like, okay, I see myself here Mm -hmm, represented. mm -hmm. How many queer women have asked each other? So are you allergic to cats? Yeah. (laughs) I'm just
4: thinking about getting one. And Willow's like, oh, like a familiar? Tara's like, no, idiot. Like a bonding, you know, emblem of our
2: budding relationship, actually. And then they're talking about the cat like it's theirs already. Ladies. Miss Kitty Fantastico. Yes. Who we don't meet yet. No. But holy shit. Um, so yes, and then we go to uh, your favorite character's house. Oh, but listen, the what most important thing before we even get there is this is the first
4: time they hold hands. Do they hold hands in this scene? They do. They're <gasps> walking along, and I think it's either Tara reaches out or Willow reaches out, and they hold hands, and they're, like, walking, and their hands are kind of, like, swinging between them as they're talking about getting a cat. Holy shit, how did yeah. I miss this? Oh, it's just, like, an... When i was watching i was like wait is this the first time i was like no no i because i remember how i felt the first the time first i saw time. that i was like they're holding hands yeah. oh my god not realizing you know wow. what the rest of the episode would gift me yeah but yeah <laughs> you're, right, you're on for the ride they hold hands and then yes of course we can move along but i just wanted to point
2: that no, out No, thank god now i have to go back and check it out i mean they've mm-hmm. like linked hands before but they've not Like, held hands in public, walking next to, like, the park or something. This is, like, so good. this episode, I mean, not just this episode, but the whole portrayal of Willow and Tara as they, like, get into their relationship causes feelings for, I think, all of us because it's so accurate. Like, it's such Mm -hmm. an accurate portrayal of being a queer woman, I mean, being a queer person, really, and, like, having a queer relationship for the first time and how long you can go without – acknowledging what the fuck is happening it's like we're watching guys we know what's going on yeah but but it's so believable that both of them until the end of this episode still have not given a name well it's to like it. that
4: that tweet that was going around for a while it was like i you know was was at my friend's house or something and she came up behind me to hug me and i was like wait is this a date and i finally asked her and she was like yeah, this is like our 6th date. Oh my god. <laughs> or something like that. And I was like, <laughs> "Oh, that's such a mood." Yes. It's, it's so just, amazing. Cuz you
2: have so many things going on in your brain and like I I don't know. I guess I didn't have exactly that experience, but I feel like I had this experience with things that were not relationships, where yeah. like I I was aware that I was having feelings, but I didn't put a name to it. The other person didn't. Um, I think my first relationship, I was I was a little older. I was a little bit like more comfortable with being forward about like I would like to kiss you right now. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but but I, I just so identify with this, and I imagine you probably have. Oh, similar...
4: absolutely, yeah. So many times. I mean, especially when I was younger and so afraid to put words to anything, or right. you know, it's one of those things. It's like. If I if I say it out loud, it'll disappear. These things yes. feel so just temporary and ephemeral. And
2: like if I if I give it a name, it'll vanish. Right. So. And of course, like I'm putting it in like a queer um, little cubicle because mm-hmm. I think there. I'm sure that in any relationship, when you're young and you're just getting into it, you don't want to yeah. say it. But I do think that when you're queer and it's a queer thing, that it comes with that other piece of like, I think something's happening. But what if I say that and name it? And the other person is like, what the fuck? Yeah. What are you talking about? That's the terror,
4: right? And I, you know, I love this relationship. I love the way they developed it. I love this episode so specifically. I love that a woman wrote it. I feel like it shows so hard. Every time I come on Buffering, it's like another, you know, year or six months into me writing for TV.
1: (laughs) And I have,
4: like, a lot more experience now. And the more, you know, because that was the first thing I did, like, when they started holding hands, I googled. I was like, writer and yeah. praying, crossing my fingers. I was like, it's either an Espen Center or an Oxen or an and then yeah. yeah, it was an Oxen. Um, and uh, yeah, so it's 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 just so exciting because like the development of Willow and Oz's relationship was you know coming to me at the very beginning of my concept of having any relationships with anyone. And it was you know guys, boys for the beginning right. of my life. You know, I I didn't date a girl until I was like nineteen. I had crushes and flirtations and stuff like that, but. Yeah um so that was like really big and you watch so much of the the nerves and the and the vulnerability of a first relationship through willow and then it's like again right because it's with a woman and it's a totally new experience and it's a whole new kind of vulnerability and it's just ugh. this episode just gets me so hard (laughs) this is
2: like i don't think like marty noxon isn't isn't queer right and no idea but it's because they i'm just wondering like if they had somebody in the room who had gone through this because it's so accurate yeah. in, their por- in the portrayal of their relationship and also, like, later, and we'll get to this scene, mm-hmm. but, like, in the moment when Willow is coming out to Buffy, it's yeah. like... I got chills even just saying it because yeah. I'm like, they fucking nail it. <laughs> they know? do. They
4: do it really,
2: really well. So anyway, okay, let's, let's go back. Let's go, go back. back. We're at Giles' house. Yes, we're at Giles' house. Willow's like translating That's all this so Scooby cute. stuff for Tara, which is really cute. A little tiny thing that like, of course, I noticed this and not the fact that they were holding hands. But Giles makes a snack bowl for them. Oh. He like poured pretzels in a bowl <laughs> and like brought them to the desk. And I was like, oh, my God. Bless That's him. adorable. Bless Thanks, Dad.
5: Giles. Hot, Dad. When you were younger, you were real bad. But now you're older, you've got glasses that help you watch over us. Thank you, Giles.
2: And of course. You know, this is set up right before the credits, mm-hmm. where where and it's I think it's beautifully done where you see everybody's face and you're like, what the? F-? You think like, expect like a monster to be at the door? Yeah. Or like Adam is like, <laughs> yeah, hey guys, and it's fucking Oz. It's Oz, <gasps> he's back. He's back, and he's like, I'm I'm kind of like feeling macro about this episode. There's like there's big things to talk about because it's mm-hmm. like, I wonder what your feelings are about the way he comes back and the way he like sort of is like, hey, Willow, I'm back. Can we be back together? I mean, he's yeah. self-aware of it, you know, to an extent. But I feel a little bit on the fence with
4: it. Like, it, it does, Oh, for sure. Right? And I have a lot of feelings about it. I wrote it down at, like, various different points, and we'll kind of get to it. But it, I feel like, to just sort of summarize how I feel about it, I feel like they did such a good job about giving Willow, like, the greatest test mm. that could happen. And, like, the reason that it becomes so affirming Is because it's like, this is the daydream of so many girls, you know, at, at any age, especially younger, where it's like, wow, this guy treated me really badly and left. But then he changed. He came back for me. He changed for me. And he's here and, like, wants to give everything for me. And, like, what a fantasy, right? You know, for anybody who's been treated badly or gone through a breakup with somebody who, like, he didn't really want to break up, but it had to happen and all this kind of stuff. Anyway, I think it's part of why they play him as so sympathetic Mm -hmm. and compassionate.
2: I mean, I love Oz. We, uh, You mm-hmm. love Like, Oz is definitely a, a champion in this universe. Yeah. Um, I We recently actually sat down. You probably have not heard it yet, because I think we're saving it till the end of the season. But we sat down with James Marsters yeah. yesterday. I'm so excited yeah. for you. And one of the things he said, which maybe you're aware of this, and maybe the, the Buffy universe is, is aware of this, but I was not, is that not only that Xander was sort of the, the character that was written as, like, how Joss actually kind of was, like, was growing up, but that Oz was written as the character that, like, Joss wished he was. That really makes sense. Right?
4: Yeah, because there's so many qualities of, like, God, I wish that was my boyfriend. Like, he looks like he's in Blink-182, but he's got feelings. (laughs) Yeah, and he's he's nice and kind. He's going to remember my birthday.
2: (laughs) And, and of course, (laughs) the the, bar is so low. (laughs) so low. We were talking about this with James. I mean, of course, that's a whole thing of, like, what the deal was. With so many of the characters on this show that Mm -hmm. like we're in love with, yeah, where why are we not setting the bar a little bit higher for ourselves, (sighs) ladies? (laughs) But Tara's Uh, perfect. But yeah, (laughs) so we get this line, which is important to note because it's fucking Marty Noxon. Beautiful Mm -hmm. job, pretty much (laughs) now. Pretty much now. Pretty much now. Pretty much now. <sighs> Which is a fucking, yeah, He's we'll back. get there. Kate, you, you can cry. I'll, I'll cry. We'll oh. cry together. We get to the end. Buddy. Um. But then they are talking. They're basically, you know, Oz is like, hey, let's fucking, I, I want to talk to you. It's weird. They, I don't know. I think that, like, they positioned this scene the way that they did for us to get to see everybody's reaction. Yeah. But it does feel awkward and uncomfortable. That oh, for sure. Oz is like walking into a room full of people and is like, Willow, can we talk? Like, yeah. dude, it's like, propose, it's like if you like propose in front of like a group, what is she going to say? Yeah. She fucking has to say yes. She's not going to make it awkward. But I mean, I guess like they sort of have
4: to set it up that way because you have to see everyone and Tara right. and Tara's and reaction Tara. because also the group doesn't know what Tara means to Willow.
2: Right. Yet. Even though and that's like that's what's crazy too right is like not only how like two queer people beginning a relationship can ignore it and like not look right at it but that truly people around it can just make up any excuse like I have cousins of mine who grew up with with two aunts. But their family didn't talk about it. They didn't talk about it openly, right? And they just thought that their aunt had a good friend who came to everything, (laughs) who went to everything. You know, you just you're like, oh, okay, yeah, sure, that gal Uh, pals, right? Gal pals, pals. classic. Uh, So right, Tara is, and as she is throughout the majority of the episode, visibly uncomfortable, Mm -hmm. Um, and just Tara, you know, like her her vantage point of like, he's back now, so this is over is heartbreaking but also like not to keep bringing it back to queer but like this is definitely real like this is very relatable yeah what's that hailey kyoko song (laughs) (laughs) curious yeah yeah it's like oh we were just like playing around with this thing that's not real and like this is this hetero thing is real so since it's back and it's it taps into
4: such a specific thing because it's not an unrealistic fear like i've been interested in girls and then have them be like, actually, I was just trying to make my boyfriend jealous or whatever. Yeah. And it's, it's you know, something that happened a lot when I was younger because mm-hmm. I'm 30 now and people generally aren't that crappy. You yeah. would hope. But when I was in high school and early college, I was a lot of people's litmus test because I was yeah. one of the only very out bisexuals in my small Canada town. So a lot of people were like, oh, I'm going to test these waters and see how they feel. And then it's like, oh no, actually, you know, Steve's back in town. So sorry.
2: And the whole like, I mean, you know, I'm not putting all of this on this scene or or this relationship, but, you know, outside of just that, you know, the idea that it's not considered cheating, right? Mm -hmm. Like, oh, well, you just made out with another girl. So like, that's not cheating. It's not real. (laughs) Right. And I think that like as a As a culture, as like a society here, we've gotten a bit past that. Like I, you know, we're not we're not in the clear, but I do think that it's a a little bit the conversation around it has changed a little. Yeah, I think so. But this is just it's it's a bummer, and it's and it's especially a bummer because we've seen the intensity of their relationship and like want I want so badly for you know Tara to have a stake in it.
3: But I get it.
2: I've been there. A (laughs) stake. Um. So we learn that meditation, a combination mm-hmm. of herbs and other things have made Oz, you know, and obviously we all know the metaphor here, right? yeah. but yeah. that um, Oz has basically come to Sunnydale on the full moon mm-hmm. so that he can show Willow that he... Has sort of quelled his animal side, right? I mean, before we even do that, we get to
4: see Riley being a bigot. Because I just have in capital letters, this is why I hate Riley. So yes. um, <laughs> it's yes. important. I mean, it's just sort of this little interstitial scene to kind of set it up that there is antagonism here that, you know. And it is it is a little silly and a little heavy-handed where, you know, it's the metaphor, right, of like, him being prejudiced or whatever. He's like, all demons are bad. What are you talking about? Right.
2: But it's a good setup for what's to come. <sighs> it makes my
4: blood boil because I wrote it down specifically. He says, I didn't think Willow was that kind of girl, you know, into dangerous guys. I thought she was smarter than that.
2: Yeah. And he says it to Buffy. Yeah. <gasps> Yeah. Yeah. I am having this episode for me is like a Riley sympathetic episode overall. Yeah, it does turn around. It moves. But yeah, this scene is, and this scene is so important too because it really is, you know, this is a conversation between Buffy and Riley, but this Mm -hmm. is kind of the whole conversation that the series has over and over again in so many ways of like where do we draw the line what is and isn't okay i love what we see later with the initiative for this reason that like when oz is in the cell and you hear you see oz super vulnerable but you also hear the other demons and stuff like being tortured or being whatever um and it's really it makes you examine as the viewer what is ethical and what is not what is good and what is bad and like what is what is okay to do to demons even if they are demons yeah and where is that line anyway
4: yeah it's really interesting and also the reason i wrote it down is that buffy's little white knitted hat is so (laughs) cute i can't not take fashion watch notes i did don't worry but um also her hair in this episode so stellar. Yeah. I love these, like, loose beachy curls. So good. <laughs> and in the hat, come on. Now, would you call that hat a toque
2: or is it not a toque?
4: <laughs> um, it's, it's in the toque zone. Um, it's usually – it's, like, thicker than I would normally think of a toque as being because it's, it's like, wool knitted, I think. Right. Um, but it's very cute.
2: In the Tuke zone. It's in the toque zone. Is that like, going to be the title <laughs> of
4: your
3: memoir? In the toque yes. zone with
4: Kate left. <laughs> <laughs> but then we get back to Willow and go outside and see the moon, which I know because I wrote notes about her coat. <laughs>
2: Yes. So good. Dude, so somebody wrote to us. I mean, Willow's coat is a whole thing. Mm -hmm. But also Oz is in his coat. Yes. And I don't know that we've talked about it here. I've talked about it to a bunch of people because somebody tweeted at us or emailed us and was like, just so you know, the decision to have Oz in that coat is intentional. It's a wolf in sheep's clothing. Uh (laughs) God. And I was like, my like head explodes. That is amazing. The other conversation that I want to talk about that they have in these coats, apart from Oz is not a werewolf or mm-hmm. is a werewolf but can control it, is you don't have a new guy. I asked Xander. Yep. Which, like, that's a whole thing. Yeah. Dudes,
4: you know. Like- also, like, when? D- when did you ask Xander?
2: Was that like the second place
4: you went I know and they gave, you
2: showed up <laughs> right they gave Xander and Oz like a, a moment like Xander was the only person that like went over to Oz and kind of was like hey man mm. um but it is it's bizarre to me I also feel like if I had broken up with somebody like and especially in the manner that they broke up and they came back to town and they didn't say like hey are you with anyone that would rub me a little bit the wrong way like I, I you know what I mean I don't love that and I'm not, like, I am i didn't even mean to rag on Oz at all. But I just feel like I'm putting myself in Willow's shoes. And I feel like it would have been nicer for Oz to maybe ask Willow mm. if she, you know what I mean? Like, have that conversation with her. Don't be like, yeah. hey, Xander, has Willow gotten with anybody? Yeah, no? sorry. I've been gone for several months with no yeah. word at all. But she's single? Yeah. So, and Willow, of course, has this moment of, like, Nope, not no not a guy, new guy. <laughs> which i'm like aha good ev good evasion
4: there uh willow yeah the notes that i took cuz this is a really intense scene because it is where you know between this and when they're lying on the bed and talking which comes right after this yeah. is like oz really laying it on the line and and being again this huge temptation in a way that's like i what I wrote down specifically, like I can be what you need now.
2: He
3: and then yes. I wrote
2: He fixed himself for her. What woman doesn't want that? Nothing could be a greater temptation. Right. <laughs> and that, and what's so powerful, I think, too, about it is not only that it's I mean, is that it's this massive temptation, is that he has literally traveled the globe to figure himself out because he wanted to be the person for her. Exactly. But also that it's in that happening that Willow is like. I have feelings yeah. for Tara. Like, I'm feeling in conflict, and it's almost like she couldn't get from point A to point B with exactly. this Tara journey. Until... It's so well written. Yes. <laughs> Back in Marty Knox, and as we so know. It's so well
4: constructed, and it is, I mean, and also the line when they're, you know, because them sitting on the bed and talking, they've been up all night. Yeah. It's a whole – then, you know, the chanting and the, the various yes, uh, the the talismans seeds, or right. whatever. Which,
3: like, it like...
2: like, it's, it's, it's nice because, like, especially because with Oz, like, the werewolf is, like, the animal within that he's trying to control. That I, like, kind of like that they gave a nod to meditation. They're yeah. like, you know what I mean? That, like, he just needs to center himself and mm-hmm. be calm and what have you. Uh, and so a note to all werewolves. Yeah. I don't think that the population of werewolves knows this, that they can – Takes a them. lot of work. Yeah, it does. But I do,
4: it. I love that, you know, he says this and then Willow has this moment. Cause you can see, I mean, her her conflict on her face and she, you know, Allison Hannigan just just knocking it out of Oof. the park in this episode Seriously. as she always does. But this one, you know, it's it's you don't get a lot of Willow's internal stuff in because you know, it's it's Buffy's show, right? Yeah. But this was this whole storyline was, you know, a thing that really, really cemented, like, oh, no, I'm going to project my own feelings on Willow even more totally. than I already did. But when he's saying all this stuff and she's like, oh, wow, you know, you you traveled the world. You did all this stuff. I've just been here. And he says, well, it doesn't mean you haven't been going through a lot. Yeah. It's like, oh, man.
2: Right. You know, couldn't you have just said something shitty? Something, du- Yeah, like, not <laughs> not held my like, experience so well. No. Like, no, but you've been doing great, champ. Yeah. Like, <laughs> Wouldn't you just be condescending or dismissive? But no, you have to be understanding and Yeah, uh, all the things, like all the things that Willow wanted at one point. Exactly. But not anymore. Not not anymore. Because she's met somebody. (laughs) Uh, Also, a tiny little line that I thought was hilarious is Willow in this scene says, I think I'm getting better at my spells. And I was like, yeah, "Yeah, you are. You're
4: getting really good at them. (laughs) You've had some help.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Getting really experienced with those spells, Willow. (laughs) Um, So... Basically, Oz is like, cool, we've talked, we're obviously connected, let's get in bed, you know? Mm-hmm. Let's take this to like a physically intimate place. And Willow is like, I will have the less confusing waffles. So good. It's <laughs> really good. Uh, and in this moment where she goes to the bathroom to brush her teeth or whatever, Tara comes by. Mm. I hate it. It's I hate so watching Tara and Ard hard. interact because we love both of them. Yeah. I, I mean, As as we should and as does Willow um, and seeing this first interaction and then, of course, the like ones that are to come. It's just so uncomfortable in Tara's face when she, of course, clocks like it's the morning, but it's too early in the morning for you just to gotten to, to have gotten here it's really sad, and she spins on her heels and she leaves before Willow even gets back. And then fucking Willow finds out from Oz that Tara has just stopped by, and mm. nobody has the words to talk your about your friend, what's going the blonde on. girl. Yeah, she came by, but she wouldn't stay. Can't mm. figure this one out. Went to
4: Tibet, figured out my whole psyche, but I can't spot right a lesbian. But it's, <laughs>
2: I actually thought if somebody <laughs> wants to do this for me, I'll be so happy because I. <laughs> This episode, as it progresses, has like a handful of Oz thinking about it moments. Yeah, and I just feel like it's like (laughs) the dude, the straight dude, trying to figure out like queer ladies. Oh yeah, do that like the
4: gif of like the
2: math, the hell math of like wait (laughs) spells together. Yes, spells together. (laughs) She came by and looked kind of upset, but why would she? You know, it's just it's good. So now we go to Riley's room, and I also hate this scene. Yeah, my first note is icy, like this shit, because she's pissed and 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 justifiably so, right? It's like also, sorry, I got distracted by my own notes because I don't think we've seen that there's a race car poster above Riley's (laughs) bed until right now. Is there?
4: I mean, I I'm
2: such a huge fan of the balls poster on the door. I'm sure you've talked about it. Yes, it's. Anyway, it's but, good, yeah. but, like, on top. It's, like, a, it's, like, a, a, like, I feel like it's, like, a little boy's room. It you is. know? Like, yeah. it's, like, his boombox and his race car poster and his basketball hoop. Um, Definitely not a demon. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so he's, like... In conflict, and I think, like, in this moment, I was really identifying with Buffy because I feel like she was annoyed with him for all the reasons that I'm always annoyed with him, Mm -hmm. which is, you know, he has to, like, play by the rules, and he's not really thinking about things in, like, a larger sense. He's doing his push-ups, and she's exceptionally annoyed with his inability to see past the black and white of this demon thing, uh, and so snaps at him. Uh, And, of course, there's more going on for Buffy than just the werewolf and the oz and the like gray area of demons she hasn't talked to him about angel yet Mm. Uh, and i think you know we talk a lot with you kate and also when you're not here we talk about queer like queer relationships in this show not just being the queer relationships on this show that like buffy's relationship to angel is something that she's keeping a secret because she's afraid of what riley will think of it because it's non-traditional. Yep.
4: Yep. Uh, and I love the way they do address that yeah. in, in here. It's very good. But yeah, it's, uh, God, I've been Buffy in that, like, morning waking up where he's like, I've been awake for a minute and I've already managed to piss oh my you God. off. Oh, okay. <laughs> <It's> Like, I've <laughs> definitely had boyfriends say that to me. Sorry. <laughs> totally. I've... <I'm- laughs> <laughs> I have a hard time letting go. It's fine. Yeah. I also um, felt
2: very, very seen very in this. Seen. I was like, oh, yeah, I've definitely woken up fucking <laughs> pissed. i yep. like, had my partner be like, the fuck is happening? Well, I just opened my eyes. It's like, no, but I was mad when I
4: went to sleep and I stayed that yeah. way. Yeah. And
2: that's like, I like generally as a human can't go to sleep mad because mm-hmm. it's real bad in yep. the morning. And I've, have you ever had the experience of having a dream? Like the person didn't even do anything wrong in actual life, but you have a dream that they've done something oh, and yeah. you wake up and you're like, fuck. Fuck you.
4: Yeah. No, I've had dreams where Cohen has done something like utterly terrible. And then, you know, I wake up and they're like, what? Why? What? What are you so upset? I'm like, well, you left me in the Walmart and it was full of bees. And I thought you were going to come save me, but you just walked out and you said it was my fault that I let all the bees in. And they're like,
3: what? What? Oh what? My God. What? The The fucking. <laughs> no, I'm sorry. That's
2: my favorite. Please. But it's definitely happened. Uh, so, after this disagreement, the only other thing I want to talk about in this scene is that Forrest doesn't fucking knock on the door. Yeah. Rude. Rude. They could have been naked. Riley was half naked. Maybe that's what Forrest was hoping for. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, <laughs> and now we get back to Willow and uh, Buffy's room. Mm and it's something all happening. big is about to happen. And, you know, Buffy is, of course, like, what happened? You were with him all night. And then she's like, and I actually thought in the beginning of the episode, I'm surprised that they didn't know that it was a full moon. Like, isn't that kind of their job? Isn't that kind of Buffy's job is to yeah. be like, hey, you're a werewolf, and it's a full moon. Maybe we should watch out for that. But they haven't been around a werewolf in a bit, so I guess. I do like that Oz
4: points out. It's like, oh, you, you must have stopped keeping track of them right. when I left. And right. it's like. Well yeah. Yeah. Eventually, yeah. Totally. So but she does pick up on it right away. She's like, wait, last night was a full moon. Yes. So she does after a second and then it's like, but but how? And then oh well, he's changed and he did all this stuff. And she's like, Oh my god, good for you. So excited. Back together.
2: And Willow's like, here's the thing. Yeah. And I I love that also this is this is the first time that Willow has said it out loud. It's complicated.
5: Why complicated? complicated because of Tara.
1: You mean Tara has a crush on us? No, you. Oh. Oh. <laughs> um, well, that's great.
5: You know, I mean, I think, I think Tara's a uh, really great girl, Will. She is, and there's something between us. It it wasn't something I was looking for. It's just powerful, and it's totally different from what Oz and I have. Well, there you go. I mean, you know, you you have to follow your heart, Will, and that's what's important, Will. Why do you keep saying my name like that? Like what, Will? Are you freaked? What? No, Will, th-
1: No. No, absolutely no to that question. I'm glad you told me.
2: I think that they really nail this in, in a couple of ways. In what we see here, which is that Buffy is loves Willow. And yeah. this is not something that, like, is going to phase that love and that care. But, like... She probably doesn't know or doesn't think she knows a queer person, and she doesn't know how to respond, what to do. She feels weird, but she also feels bad for feeling weird and is trying to, like, process that all at one time. Meanwhile, Willow is like, this is the first time I've ever said this out loud, and my best friend has said Will 3,000 times. Mm -hmm. This is uncomfortable, and this is totally it. This is a coming out experience I have had. As a, as a young person, so many times.
4: But it's also so well done. I mean, she does the no. It's it's complicated because of Tara. And you can see her just, like, choking those words out. It's climbing a mountain just to say something Ugh. that small and kind of vague. And then it takes Buffy a minute. And then she's got to stand up because it's weird and she doesn't know what to do and she's not sure what to say. But, but then she's like, no, like, I love you. You're my friend. And... That was so, so important to me. Yes. I was I was young when I saw it, and it was like <sighs> just not only seeing a queer person say, like, this is my thing. This is a thing. I'm, I'm standing by this, and I'm stating it. And having her best friend, this main character, be like, have a couple seconds of weird and then be like, I'm here for you. <sighs> like, I'm cool with it.
2: And that was so exciting. And I'm so glad they did it that way. Yeah. Yeah, because they, I mean, you know, I don't know how it would be done today, but I will tell you what, this is the year 2000 and that did not need to be the way that they treated this at all. I mean, they could have had a, a queer couple um, and have had a friend be weird and it still have been like a really positive spin. Like, you know, like this, it was so early on in, in media coverage or media portrayal of any kind of queer relationship that yeah. to get this truly a gift i think you said at the beginning of the episode it felt so
4: mind-blowing because i had been so invested in the show and it was such a big part of my coming of age i mean it hit me at like yeah i started watching it at like nine or ten and then watched it as it came out so it was my whole like developing yeah. years like the exact Dang. right age and so yeah i would have been like 13 or 14 when this was happening and and i mean i came out when i was 11 but I also didn't really have any concept of you know what that meant in action. I was like, I just know that when I look at Angelina Jolie, <laughs> I feel the same way as I do when I look at you know before anyone knew Johnny Depp, right? And <laughs> I had posters of both of them in my locker at school, so mm-hmm. you know, and then posters of Willow. Um, oh, but yeah, it was. I don't know. It's just it's so it's so nice. And when Buffy says, "I'm glad you told me,"
2: mm-hmm.
4: and it gives me. I just say, "You know." I
2: as you were talking about this and the power of this and the power of, you know, her saying I love you, I was one giant goosebump. Mm-hmm. Like my whole body just like kept getting waves of chills and I was like, you're going to cry, don't cry, <laughs> it's going to be okay. It's just, it's just, you know, for any of us who are queer and went through this, like as much as, you know, I'm 38, I came out 20 years ago and most of the experiences that I had that were aligned with this were about, about like 20 years ago, you know, mm-hmm. or 10 years ago or whatever. But it's it must sit in all of us that, like, that feeling. Because when you watch it and when you watch it happen, it just, like, makes you want to ball. Mm-hmm. And, and you feel that acceptance, like, all over again. Like, this is good. Their friendship is good. She loves her. Um, so, yeah. Thanks for giving me all the feelings, um, Marty um, that's what I'm here and
1: for? Kate. Yes. <laughs> Are you ready to shop? Rakuten's Big Give Week is back.
2: We get a nice, uh, <laughs> we get a nice cut to Spike in his crypt. Oh yeah! On his- I took basically no notes about
4: any time Adam was on screen. I was yeah. like, I just was like, <laughs> oh, it's monsters again. Get back to the feelings. Literally, my my notes are Adam, <laughs> uh, pretty he's much the whole just, season. He's boring, and that's there's so many times when I'll be like, oh, I don't really like season four, but it's. Because I don't really like the initiative and Adam, and it's not like there aren't interesting episodes and cool interpersonal things that happen because of it. It's just... It doesn't right.
2: click with me. No, and when like, and, like you know. we've talked about this a little bit, that like it's like if you took if you just took the initiative and Adam out of the fourth season, like yeah. there's great shit in there. There it's is just great shit the in there. Key, it's like it's like swatting away like that fly that like buzzes in your ear by your eye, or just like come on, man, get back to the good shit. Yeah, like, are we talking to Adam again? Yeah, uh, but Adam wants to start some kind of war between people or whatever. Yeah, boring, boring. <laughs> the only the only like important or not important, but the only like uh, piece of this that I think is like important to pay attention to for the larger arc is of course that he is forming an alliance with spike right i don't fucking buy it first of all like i just spike is fucking smart i just cannot like i understand we need to do certain things to get us to certain places as you understand more than anyone in the room as a tv writer but yeah i just don't think that spike would have been like chaotic evil he's not on anyone's
4: side but his own no
2: you oh you'll take this chip out of my head because you say you will like that just is not a spike thing uh so let's go back to tara's room why not tara's room and i haven't gotten the chance to talk to you about tara's room mm. but jenny and i have talked at length <laughs> floor two ceiling scarves i mean <laughs> it's just such a cozy it's like no one had a college room that looked like this. no but i'm really into it she yeah. does a great job lighting she, it she does so cute <laughs> so cute so willow tells tara that nothing happened uh and her little face her face her relief the relief that washes over her oh nothing happened and then she says again sort of occupying the space like whatever happens we'll still be friends and willow is like horrified Mm -hmm. what are you saying of course we'll still be friends uh getting emotional because of course they're more than friends aren't they but like watching this in real time
4: i remember hanging on every line from willow and being like is, is she, what does she feel? What is she going to yeah. choose? Like,
2: really not knowing and being so invested in it. Props to fucking Allison Hannigan, man. <sighs> she's a- absolutely incredible. To convey all of that, right? To, yeah. like, to embody this experience so well that you, that us as queer women are watching it and being like, oh, my God, oh, my God, oh, my God. Yeah. What is, she's really struggling with saying it, but she can say it. You can do it, Willow. And she says this thing to Tara
4: where she's and again like just the way she struggles through every line and trying to articulate it when she is and it works so well with her character because she's so articulate willow you know everyone speaks in scooby speak and but she's really smart and she's really well spoken but this is a language that she's still learning and so she says i know what he meant to me but he left Mm -hmm. huge thing But everything changed. I changed. And we, And she trails off, Uh and life was starting to get so good, and you're a part of that. Or you're a big part of that or something. And then Tara's face is like...
2: Oh, Tara's on. like all of us. Like, <laughs> yeah. what are you going to say? Yeah, like, <laughs> are you going to say it? <laughs> pick me. Pick me. <laughs> oh, and I'm one of my notes here is just kiss. Yeah, like they're so close. They've been so close for so many episodes. Mm-hmm. We want We all want it. Mm-hmm. Um, But they're getting there. They're getting there. Uh, and I think it's is it Tara who says to Willow, right? Do what makes you happy. Uh, And, of course, as we all know, she certainly does Mm -hmm. do what makes her happy. Mm -hmm. Uh, And this hug, too. There's something about the hug, like the way they're touching each other that's just... (laughs) Not that we're reading too much into it or anything. Oh, no. But it's just like (laughs) the way you hug is not like that when you're pals. Mm -hmm. Uh, There's a lot of, like, skin-to-back contact. (laughs) That's all i'm saying um and they're getting there they're getting there this whole episode is just them working their way up mm. to fucking saying what they've wanted to say for so long so sniff sniff oh, says yeah. us. <laughs> this part had me on tenterhooks as yes. a as a youth yeah I was like, oh, yes. my God, as I've an had... adult, I yeah. was like, oh, fuck. Also, it's like the, the smelling is, I mean, and I like it, but it's also really funny where he's like, I thought I smet, saw Willow. Yeah. Or like What I heard Willow. Yeah. Let yeah. me change the sense because that's weird. Yeah. Um, and this is like a massive, a massive shift for Oz that mm-hmm. like he, I mean, certainly he's jealous, but he's like also feeling like he did all of this to come back to his true love. And is realizing, like, all in one moment that not only has he potentially lost his true love, but that she might be queer.
4: Yeah. And he's the first one to clock it. Yeah. Which is amazing because, you know, his sense of smell. But when he does this, when he – I remember feeling so like, oh, my God, they've been kissing. Because he's (laughs) like, she's all over you. Do you know that? Yeah. And then right away is like, are you too involved? Is she in love with you? Yes. And that is the first time
2: anyone says it. (sighs) And like, right, points to fucking us yeah. for not being like, oh, you must just have had a sleepover. Yeah. <laughs> Girls just sharing clothes right. and beds and, you know, each other's personal sense. Yeah. But his little <laughs> math, hell math calculations yeah. from earlier are leading him to wait, wait, what? Wait. And um, and he turns. He turns. And he says run mm. before he turns. Because he knows, holy shit! We've been watching Tara this season because somebody emailed us at the start and I said, "Could you just watch Tara and doors this season?" Because Tara has a lot of trouble getting doors open, <laughs> and and I, I don't know that I would have noticed it without having the heads up yeah, at the beginning.
4: I, I haven't. She's great. had
2: already many struggles with doors, and we see it again in this episode. She runs up in the lecture hall, right, to the door and can't get the door open. Oh. She can't get the door open, and and normally we'd say, "Oh, it's locked," but with Tara, I'm not so sure. <laughs> Just Listen, the... I have trouble with straws. Everyone's got something. Wait, so what's your trouble with
4: straws? Do you hit yourself in the face when you go to... The amount of times I will just poke myself in, like, the nose too close <laughs> to the nostril because I'm trying to drink something with a straw but not paying attention and will just, like, <laughs> get myself. It is... Listen, it's embarrassing every single time. So, everyone's got something. Yeah. is doors. But pretty good with a, uh, a chair. A chair, man. <laughs>
2: great aim, great throw. I was like, hey, girl. You know, because Tara... So far, at least, like, Tara really has not been a fighter. Yeah. Uh, you know, she's Well, not- you see her in the Who
4: Are You or whatever, when she does the—pretending the sw- <laughs> to punch and Willow thinks it's swimming. Right. You know,
2: she's not physical. No, she's not a physical. She's, she's much well, more— Well, she's not physical when it comes to fighting. Right. She's not physical with uh, beating monsters, but um, <laughs> she's physical in other ways. So um, then, of course— the initiative busts in. The initiative, like, fully does not care. They don't know who Tara is, and they're just like, it's a demon, it's a blah, blah, blah. Like, they're just talking openly about this. I'm like, I thought also, you guys... they don't even, like, men in black her or anything. They're right. just like, you're in shock. Bye. Bye. <laughs> yeah, they just fucking leave her. Like... <laughs> I think you guys might need to, like, rehash your civilian plan, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, how how are we interacting with civilians? What do we do when a civilian has been traumatized by a werewolf? Yeah. Just think about it. Uh, so, right, so they take Oz, and, of course, Tara's like, that's a person, which, again, like, threads us in this theme that we're on with this episode of, like, Oz is a person. Oz is a werewolf.
5: Oz is a werewolf.
2: I think that all the time whenever I think about Oz being a werewolf. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he gets taken. Yep. And of course, Adam, whatever, boring, 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 mm. who cares? Although parts of Adam are a Boy Scout, which I put down. Yes. So he is part human. So there is yeah. a human. Uh, who cares? <laughs> Tara tells Willow. Right. Yeah. Uh, They took Oz and everybody runs to Giles to be like, what the fuck? We need to deal with this.
4: And I do really love that exchange because, you know, the second Tara shows up, Willow knows something's wrong. Mm -hmm. She can read it on her. Yeah. Because they're in love. And (laughs) Willow, like, runs up and Tara tells her what happened. She's like, they wouldn't listen to me. They just took him. And she, you know, it's like she cares about him. Yeah. And she wants to make sure nothing bad happened to him, even though. And like, but Willow's also considering Tara's feelings. And it's like... This moment of the two of them is is also very good. It's yeah. very short, but it's very, like, a succinct, like, they are a unit. Yeah. They are working as a unit.
2: And I, I just They love take it. care. They really do. They take care of each other, uh, and they do it well. And even in a situation where there's another person and we don't know what the feelings are, there's still, like, their well-being is at the forefront. There's not, like, a, I'm jealous, so I'm going to do less or yeah. whatever, you know? <sighs> Ladies. Uh, also... <laughs> At Giles is, I know there's like bigger things happening in this episode, but like the relationship between Anya and Giles is like starting to percolate. Is this the high five? And No, no. That is amazing. The high five. We can talk about that now too. Uh, Because do you think, here's what I my read on that high five scene when they high five, uh, when they shut the power off. It seems to me like they had done that scene a bunch of times. Yeah. And had like, and that like Emma Caulfield and Anthony Stewart had had like a kind of like a running joke or something because the way she says ow and laughs is like not even really in Anya character. It doesn't. It's It does feel a little bit improv. I mean who knows because sometimes you
4: say that and then writers are like no I wrote that on purpose. Right. right but right. it is a it's the delivery it's is so good. It's so
2: good and like in an earlier scene um, Anya because like we've seen now Anya's like why are we here again? You just called us here for this ridiculous reason blah blah blah. Giles snaps at Anya early in this episode and then this is this is not a Giles and, and Anya specific moment but it is Anya Again, trying to, she says something like, Well, it doesn't seem like they have enough time to have eviscerated him. And Xander's like, Anya, this would be like a great quiet time for Mm -hmm. you. Like, just could you please? So, just a little Anya. He never deserved her. Mm. Anyway,
4: so where are we at in terms of the initiative? I wrote, Oh, back
2: to the tinfoil pit, I guess. Literally. (laughs) My note is, Tinfoil Alley. Like, (laughs) my next note is, Boys, Jesus, stand the fuck down, because the the guys are really just, like, hungering for a kill. Because oh, yeah, Riley what... just, like, pulls out a gun yes. and is like, I know it's a demon,
4: <laughs> which is a little out of character for him. I know we're really trying to emphasize he doesn't like demons, and so, yeah, he has to do something like this. But it was pretty wild to just see Riley, like... <laughs> a gun on this animal
2: in a cage they're like in revenge mode it's like one of our men went down so like move out of our fucking way because we need to kill something Mm -hmm. Uh, which is dangerous Uh, but then of course this is the moment for Riley right like Oz changes back into Oz and he can see with his own eyes this is a human not only just a human but one that I know Um, not well (laughs) they just you know they don't know each other well but still he's like oh man this is a person and the initiative is like we don't fucking care Put him on the table. We want to see, is he ever response to this shock or that shock? And Riley's like, I don't feel okay about this. Mm -hmm. Which is why I feel sympathetic, or not sympathetic, but, like, why I like Riley in this episode, or why I like Riley's arc in this episode. He has his crisis of faith, and I think
4: it's, like, it definitely does make me like him more than not at all. So, you know...
3: (laughs)
2: It's so good. generous
4: Kate. Look, I have dated a number of Rileys in my Oof. life and they were fine. They're nice people, but he anyway. Um <laughs> so, so Oz uh, is on the table and then maybe in a cell. I, I think I got my chronology mixed up here a little bit because no, I was waiting can, for the feelings to happen again. Yeah,
2: I mean basically right. Uh, Oz is on the table, and then he's put away in the cell. Riley is like, this doesn't feel good at all. And, yeah, and decides... To fucking break him out. To jailbreak. And this is like, I think the reason why I um like Riley in this episode uh, is because we don't see him think very often for himself. Yeah. Um, and, and it gets, I mean, Kate, uh, this is a little much maybe, but like it gets kind of sexy at the end. Uh, yeah. It's kind of sexy. Yeah, it's and a little I, bit. I, we'll talk yeah. about it when we get yeah. there. But yeah, he, <laughs> he breaks Oz out and Forrest is like, end of the fucking line, man. Yeah. Gets caught instantly, by the way. With like a thousand guns. It's like the initiative was kind of like waiting for it. Gonna throw you a surprise party. (laughs) surprise you're caught uh and they put riley in a cell mm. which is like like he's one of the animals uh-huh. mm. interesting how
4: the turntables
2: uh, and we get of course this important line from the colonel i think or the general whatever, or whatever the yeah. fuck he is <laughs> that he is like um this you know I, we've been looking at your records and once you started hanging out with the slayer and her band of freaks you started being disloyal, and you know what they are, Riley? They're fucking anarchists. <laughs> and I'm like, hell yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but it's it's interesting. I think the way that he's framing it for Riley, it's sort of like the, a last desperate attempt to get him back in line yeah. by being really extreme to an untruthful place yeah
4: just like othering these people so much
2: it's like oh, it's us against them don't you know right and this is like not to get too whatever but like it really reminds me of like what's happening with fox news for example <laughs> you know what i mean like if we just call these other people something so extreme then you'll stay over here yeah because it's you don't- like the oldest tactic in the world is you dehumanize
4: someone and then it's easier to you know villainize them right great super cool <sighs> so um
2: <laughs> the the scene that happened sort of like in between this this uh, oz break breakout scene is at giles's um and it's like spike basically comes in and is like i'll help you and they fucking trust him to, like everybody just needs to figure their shit out spike is not wanting to work with adam what are you doing Don't trust Spike. We've learned this lesson. Chaotic evil. It's like how many times do we need to hit that wall? So many times. Um, But I do like there's just a little moment for me and we're going to get a sexual tension segment from uh, Jenny in, in a little bit. Uh, I don't know what she's put in there, but <laughs> I would say that this moment between Spike and Giles is pretty delightful. Where he, where he, you know, Giles is like, "How did you get in?" and, and he's like, "Rupert, you left the door open. Someone dangerous could get in." And I was like, "Oh, <laughs> oh my, me, gentlemen, oh my, yeah, um, topping the top." So anyhow, mm-hmm. they're gonna break into the initiative. They right? are, and and I will say something that I Again? love. So they're they first of all, something I love is that they're they're fucking lab coats. I can't I okay, can't.
4: Okay, so I wrote this down. <laughs> (laughs) And it's the thing that comes up in every TV show, like, ever in the history of time, is at some point, oh, we need to break into this place. So we're going to wear the uniform or the lab coat or whatever. Like, have you ever worked in an office where you didn't know a group of, like, four people enough that you wouldn't clock like, hey – These complete strangers are walking through the office. Like, my last job, I knew the parking attendants (laughs) and, like, the security guards. Maybe not all by name, but by sight. And it's like, I I feel like I would clock that. I feel like in a hospital, you generally know the people that work on your floor. Like, I feel like in a... Anyway,
2: I agree. I it's just very funny we, to me. We do it. We, also, we they buy all know it. what Buffy
4: looks like <laughs> because they've all been trained to hate her. because yes.
2: she's brainwashed Riley. It's like yes. She but she once even she puts, puts on a lab coat on, <laughs> she looks totally different. Kate, like not even a wig, it's nothing. <laughs> So um, Willow is with them, and I I meant to say, too, that I thought that this was really sweet. There's, like, a little moment that they have where, you know, Xander and Buffy have already broken into the initiative. So they're like, we'll do this thing again, and Willow wants to go because she's really concerned about Oz. And there's a look between, like, Buffy and Xander— where you see the length of their friendship, yeah. like you see how much they all know each other, you see how much they all love each other. Because all they do is look at each other, and they both are like, "She needs this. Mm-hmm. We're gonna take her." Yep. It just made my little heart warm. It's very good. Right. So they fucking are in. I I know we don't like talking about Adam, but something I must bring up about Adam is that he has a fucking telephone wire plugged into the side of his goddamn head. <laughs> right. He's I I literally like I laughed. I think he can loud. fax. He's got like a.
4: He, he opens ugh, his mouth and the fax
2: comes out. Like
4: every once in a while, it's been snoring, it's just like that dial-up sound. <laughs> So
2: um, I mean, I guess he
4: doesn't sleep. I don't know. Whatever. He's awful.
2: Oh, he's he's the worst. But those little moments, you know, the floppy disks in his chest, the telephone cord in his head. The floppy disks! I forgot <gasps> about the floppy disks <laughs> in his chest. Those are just like that. That to me is the only value that Adam brings is us getting to laugh at the '90s mm-hmm. because it's or I guess the early aughts uh, because here's where we were with technology. This was like cutting edge. A yeah. telephone wire inside of your head. Amazing. So he's trying to fucking figure shit out. And Anya and Giles are turning the power off in the whole town, uh, where we get we already talked about this hilarious hand uh, high five where she says slap my hand now. <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, what? Oh right, Amelia Bedelia. Like <laughs> okay, so another little funny moment that I I wrote down LOL, the classic you dropped your steak, miss. Yes. Like <laughs> she doesn't drop Papers, like why would she choose this to drop her literal stake on the ground? Also, why did she bring a
4: stake? They weren't going to slave amp no. whatever, and, whatever. And also, Fine. like, why didn't she just punch him? Like, I don't know. It's just, it's,
2: it's really just for a- more physical comedy, I yes. guess. And she's with Riley, right? She gets mm-hmm. Riley. The whole thing. They get to the elevator, and he basically is like, "If I leave now, I can never come back." And then he says, "I just needed to hear myself say that." Mm-hmm. Yeah, they have this fight. There's a William Burroughs joke. (laughs) It's very, very out of character for Buffy, but I'll take it. Right. It's just like a little fun thing that happened, I'm sure, in the writer's room where they were like, yeah, "Yeah, let's keep it in. Um, (laughs) My note here is, okay, they rescue Oz, but he's like allergic to Willow because of feelings. (laughs) Oh, my God. (laughs) Right. He can't look at her. He can't look at her. Can't have a feeling. Makes him feel too hard. And his hand turns and That's a queer mood right there. Yeah, that's true. So they all they win because they're threatening the colonel. Yeah. I'm just going to keep calling him the colonel <laughs> probably, uh... right? And we get this sexy moment. I think it's sexy. And if I think it's sexy. I wrote down the quote. Yes. Why don't you you tell us what he says, (laughs) Kate? Well, I don't know what the Colonel's line is in the lead up. He says, you're a dead man.
4: And then O'Reilly says, no, sir, I'm an anarchist. (laughs) And then punches him in the face. And yes. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Definitely a moment of like.
4: Okay. Exactly. Okay. I wish
2: I can see Kate's face. Okay. Uh, I'm the only one who got the pleasure of seeing Kate's <laughs> face. But I want you to just try to envision it. It was mm. good. It was real good. It's delighted. Yes. And, and that's like this is you and me who don't even like Riley. So, man, if you like and Riley. The, the
4: line delivery is kind of silly and it's a little bit overdone, but it's also like. It's hot. It's hot. It's a little hot. Why don't we,
2: since we're we're getting all hot and bothered in here, (laughs) why don't we roll over into uh, Jenny bringing us the Sexual Attention Awards. Sexual
5: Attention Awards.
0: Well, hello and welcome back to the Sexual Attention Awards. It's me, Jenny Owen Youngs, here to tell you about them. Of course, we can't get into this week's episodes without first revealing the winners of last week's poll. For everyone's favorite episode of Buffy, Where the Wild Things Are, we had, let's see, who came in last place? Graham and Buffy and Riley in a hot, hot three way. No, 8% of the vote is what they got. In third place, we got Willow and Giles with 26% of the vote. What the hell? Uh, Right, right above that in second place, we had, with 29% of the vote, students and the sex wall. You're welcome. And in the very, very tip-top first place, with 37% of the vote, we had Anya and Spike. Anya, Spike, two of my very, possibly my favorite characters. Congratulations. Nice to see you guys getting a shared award look for the trophy in the mail. Coming to your house or crypt, as the case may be. And now, here are the nominations for this week's episode, New Moon Rising. Since everyone's so into Riley uh, saying, "No, sir, I'm an anarchist," and then punching his commanding officer in the face, uh, we're gonna we're gonna just put Riley and Anarchy up on the board. Mm, love to see my butterscotch dude uh, getting a little a little wild. Since they blew out a candle, let's also make sure to nominate Tara and Willow. I think the ongoing reigning champs. Of the Sexual Tension Awards. And hey, they really took things to a whole new level in this episode. We'd be remiss if we didn't also nominate Giles and Spike for that loaded scene where Giles is like, How'd you get in? And Spike's like, Oh, the door was unlocked. You might want to watch that, Rupert. Someone dangerous could get in. In where, I say! And in the fourth nomination slot, because I'm running this show, let me tell you what, I'm nominating me and Riley doing push ups. Because, wow, doesn't he look great doing it? If you want to be part of our beautiful democracy here, just hit us up on Twitter at BufferingCast and look for this and every sexual tension award poll. Cast your vote. Make your voice be heard. Thanks for listening. Talk to you soon.
2: thank you so much jenny uh can't wait to see how you all vote uh there's there's some fun sexy stuff in here there is it's a feelings episode but you know what we'll find sexual tension anywhere of course uh, so uh, you you said oh they bring Riley to the school I forgot that that's where they are and so I I'm just I'm pretty it. sure I don't know if they specifically say that it's a school but I know from
4: from sight and from obsessively watching the show right. Uh, that it is at least the same
2: set I'm pretty sure yeah as, as the burnt out and it school. makes sense that that's where they would go yeah. I called it Riley's cave because I didn't know <laughs> what it was and it is Buffy says oh we're
4: less findable if like we're not in a group or whatever right so. They're they're hiding out there together, Buffy and Riley, after his turn.
2: (sighs) Yeah. He has punched out uh, somebody who was his commanding officer. He's changed. And Buffy's line of like, quite a day, huh? Yeah, yeah, man. (laughs) You woke up to a bowl of Wheaties, and now now you're a fugitive? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and she's fucking right. That's she a is. massive. Riley's been going through it, man. Like he's been really questioning things and just feeling very overwhelmed about his place in the world. And he finally has broken out of it. I know. I'm gonna pull back the curtain. When we were when we broke for sexual tension, I said, "Oh my God, Kate, we haven't done the patriarchy jingle. Mm. Where will we ever fit it?" And Kate, so wonderfully, actually, Kate, you tell them because you thought of it. I'm just saying, so much of
4: Riley's story is about. Because everything that he's doing in the beginning of this episode, all of his sort of bigoted, very black and white thinking, his Mm -hmm. his military upbringing all falls under that category and he is... Breaking away from it a little bit, seeing behind the curtain of like
2: the real effects of that over yeah. time. So mm. nice job. Thank I also you. really loved how you let us put the patriarchy jingle in the middle of your sentence. Listen, I know how this works. Delightful. <laughs> <laughs> this isn't my first That's podcast. Not your, first- <laughs> <laughs> your first time. Uh, I, did, I set up a jingle. I feel so honored. <laughs> I didn't really mean to. <laughs> so I think, you know, the biggest thing that happens here is. I think this is really powerful what happens yeah. between Riley and and Buffy in this scene where she's trusting like it's a new she has already trusted Riley but it's like a new layer of trust and what it is and I think you pointed this out already earlier is um it's Buffy's coming out yeah. moment to Riley. Um, we don't see that we but we know that like that's where they're headed and he says like you can trust me or season say, you can trust me but he says something like that and she's like or you can tell me anything and she says you know what I I think I, think I, I can, can. Would
4: is a very powerful thing. Yeah. And I like, you know, she does deliver the line at one point in their conversation where. She says, you found out Willow was in an unconventional relationship, referring to him discovering that Oz was a werewolf, which he obviously didn't take to very well. He's the bigoted uncle who's had a change of heart. (laughs) (laughs) Um, You found out Willow was in an unconventional relationship, and it gave you a momentary Wiggins. And then you see in her face her reflecting on her earlier reaction, and she says, it happens. Which is
2: also really
1: powerful. It
4: is, because she is, like, admitting, like, I got a little freaked out, but now I'm
2: fine. And... That's very human. It is, and it's and it's not like super like super common for Buffy to be as reflective I think about her journey like that. Like yeah. which I think is even more like why it's even more powerful to me that they that they decided, the writers decided, whatever, to include this as well, to include yeah. her self-awareness. Like they really gave weight to the coming out moment that it deserved, and I don't know that many writers rooms at the time would have even had the awareness to do that.
4: It's just just let women write things. It's all, I right? Know, I, mean, I think that's just, really the
2: solution. There's
4: just so many moments that, mm, mm, <laughs> that are just so well done because they're – I'm not saying that men don't write amazing things. Even Joss who mm, has right. written some very, very good episodes. Yeah. And, uh, but there there is a certain experience and there is a certain worldview and a certain internal, you know, understanding that, yeah. that comes from that. And I think this episode has so much – girl feelings, honestly, Mm -hmm. that are just just so accurately
2: depicted because a woman wrote them. And, you know, I'll be on my soapbox about that till I die. (laughs) Yeah, no. And I think, I mean, I think that's why Buffy is as powerful as it is, is because Marty and Jane and like these, there were these really incredible women also. Yeah. Majorly a part of the series. Marty wrote The Prom. (sighs) She Marty. wrote. I looked
4: up her like what
2: episodes did she do, yeah. and she wrote the Wish. She's oh my done, god! Like what's yeah. my
4: line? Like she did a
2: lot of good feelings episodes. Then <laughs> and, and I like at this point in the podcast, too, yeah, I'm, I'm recognizing sure you know. it. Well, I, I wouldn't have remembered like what the episodes were, but I'm recognizing that oftentimes when I'm like, damn, this episode is good. Who who wrote it? Fucking yeah. Marty Knox, yeah, of course, yeah. or Jane Espenson. Jane Espenson, like, you know, but, and and I'm it's Ugh. it's really fun to do this like deep dive and like critical dive because yeah. I, I'm not a person who watches shows um over and over again usually, and I'm also not a person who's been up until this point in my life like aware of the writers, and if a different writer is writing it, that it might have a different, you know, so it's, it's just really fun to start to get to know their styles. And yeah. maybe, I'm not here yet, but I think like a couple more viewings of this series, and I'll probably be able to be like, I bet you I know who wrote this one, you know?
4: It's very exciting. I mean, I obviously, it, it's my job, it's my career, so it's yeah. a thing I look for now. I do this thing and play along with me at home. The home game of this is when you watch uh, any piece of media, I, I like to play the the, the credits card game where not credit. credit card. Yeah, not the credit card game. Well, it's like the title credits. cards, but they yeah. come at the end where at the end of a movie, especially or a TV show, how many slides do you get through before you see a woman's name that is not a producer, wow. a costumer, a hair person. So anyone involved in the creative side, like a, a writer or story editor or something like that, you watch any like Pixar Disney movie, you get through six or seven before Dang. you see a woman's name. It's rough. Um, not wow. all the time, obviously. Not all the time. It's, uh, But it really does start making you aware of it. It's kind of like that Matrix thing. Yeah. <laughs> you start to see the code when you're like... <laughs> and I do. And, and I look for this kind of stuff. It's part of why I was so excited to watch um, Three Below, the new show from DreamWorks that came after Troll Hunters because A.C. Bradley is the, the head uh, story person on that and she worked on Troll Hunters, and it was like... I don't know her. I've never met her. I probably never will. But I watched like the first time her name was in the credits. And because she had like this ambiguous initial, I was like, I bet that's a woman. (laughs) Or, you know, but I was like, I'm going to look that up. And I was and right. Was. And then she went from, you know, I, this one episode to staff writer to head of story to then show running this new show. Wow. And so it's like, I've followed this person's career, like never met her. But yeah. it is really, really exciting. And, anyway. and
2: Mark's good. Yeah. Like your awareness of that. And it is. I mean, that's the case with anything, right? Like as soon as we start to recognize it, we see it everywhere. You do. All over the place. You do. I, I actually,
4: um, Cohen sent me a, a text the other day because they were watching uh, <laughs> Deep Space Nine. They've been going through the whole series. And I got, just got this screenshot that was like written by Jane Espenson. I was like, oh, oh thank you. So, <laughs> so they've had feelings in a building. And then Buffy says to Riley, I am I have to tell you some stuff about my past. And it's not all stuff you're going to like. Yeah. Which is a mood. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Isn't it? So, right. So they we leave them to have this conversation in the cave I'm calling it a cave uh, and we go to Oz's van Woof. van of tears seriously overalls of sadness van of tears you know what I mean this is their conversation basically reveals right or like not reveals but Oz is saying to Willow I've learned that you are the thing that brings this out in me
4: I don't know how to read that yeah well I think what I love about it is that it is kind of ambiguous, and it's not necessarily good of him to say that. It's not, yeah, we're revealing Oz's, like, even more imperfections. You know, right. he shows up as this, like, on his white horse of, like, I've changed, and I've fixed myself. And yeah. it's like, well, actually, I'm still going through some things, and I have realized I can't just come back and I mean he does say like it was stupid of me to think he would just be waiting yes this is finally we get that from him because
2: I I was bothered by that in the beginning and, and I was glad to like hear it from him that he was aware. Yeah. Oh, this might not have been the coolest thing that I've done. Yeah. And I still have more growing to do. But I do find, cause like I read the, the werewolf thing to be sort of like Oz's desires for other things and Oz's like, you know, that like this, it's this expanse of like Oz not knowing who he is or what he is and having this like animalistic side. And mm-hmm. we, you know, we went through the episode. What is it? Wild at heart. Yep. Yes. Um, where we really explored all of that, but when it's sort of like, oh, you're the only trigger left. Seems yeah. like a lot to put on it Willow. It is.
4: It is. But it's also true. So yes. it's like, and she knows it. Right. You
2: can't deny. It's, yeah. So
4: it's not like he's telling her this devastating thing that she's not aware of. He's just like verbalizing this thing that both of them knows. So it's it's complicated. I totally agree. Gray area, but also really just well written because mm-hmm.
2: yeah, that's and it's true. like I mean, and it's it's really I'm sure like an indicator or an indication of the depth of his love. Yep. Like, it's, it's gosh, I mean, I didn't think about it like this at all, but it's very similar mm-hmm. to Angel. Uh, I mean, it, you know, it, we can talk, about that could be a whole fucking episode, yeah. right? I know, there's a lot there, I know. But just in the sense of like, this animalistic piece of him is activated when things are at a particular level of intensity. And for him, that is his love for Willow um, and and his, like, wanting to be with Willow and and all of the things that go along with that. But ultimately, what we have here are two people who love each other so much and who know that they can't be together. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Not
4: something anyone in this room would know anything about. Um, (laughs) Right. Yeah. (laughs) No. What could that possibly
2: be
3: like? (laughs) Who knows?
2: (laughs) Woof. And uh, he said like Oz has a line that's like, but you're happy. And she says, I am.
4: And then she does the like, I don't remember exactly how she said it, but she's like, I wouldn't know how to talk about it. And then he says, it's probably better if you don't, which is so hard because it's like, you know, you want him to be the person that's like, actually, I want to hear about this thing and I care about you. But like, it might make him a demon so probably actually not for the best
2: you know for everybody emotional awareness is strong in this band yeah you know everybody's kind of like able to say this is really hard but we have to do this because it's the thing that we both ultimately need it's the hard decision but it's the right decision Um, and then we get of course this monologue from Willow I'm going to play it
5: I feel like some part of me will always be waiting for you Like, if I'm old and blue haired and I turn the corner in Istanbul and there you are, I won't be surprised. Because you're with me, you know? Oh,
4: God. So, in my notes, I wrote, This is the first time I cried. (laughs) because there's about seven minutes left and it is not the last time not even seven minutes this is like right at the end of the episode
2: i'm always amazed when this much happens in this short amount of
4: time short of time but i I cried i start crying in this scene because it's so real it is so real and like i've never dated a werewolf to my knowledge but
2: (laughs) i have had conversations like this that are just like so hard and yeah, where you're Ooh. like, I love you with everything in me, and that will never change. Yeah, but
4: we can't do this. We it can't. doesn't work. Yes, it's horrible. So I, you know, I'm tearing up, and I'm tearing up. But when I really cry is after yeah. we
2: get back to our favorite scarf-clad room. God, let's go there. So to to wrap up the van, we're yes. all crying. We've heard the. We've heard what Willow has said. Um, oh right and Uh, (laughs) we get the line from oz when are you gonna leave pretty much now pretty much now and then i just wrote in all caps willow cry so i guess i was really (laughs) overwhelmed with her crying and
4: because you can i mean again such good acting where you see on her face her like sadness that, you know, you just came back into my life, but you made everything so complicated, and now you're leaving, and I'm really sad that you're leaving, but I also know that it's for the best because staying here would be bad
2: for literally everyone, and... And like, the many shades of Willow's tears. Yeah. Like, that. we have see her cry, I don't even know how many times in this episode. <laughs> and certainly many. in this. But, like, they're all such different cries. They it's are. like, this cry is, I am so sad, but I know it's right. Mm-hmm. And you fucking see it. Alison Hannigan. God damn it. I love her. You know? I love her. Oof, we're almost, you know, it's almost time. And, um, Jenny, I don't know. Maybe, maybe you've made this happen, but probably not, because I keep asking you to make so many jingles. But we're almost ready for another Willow jingle. Another. I know. I think Willow might be the 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 have the keeper of the most jingles mm. I don't know we'll see see who knows fair. but it's just like we have willow we have like inner Sears outfit yeah. willow right and that's the jingle that exists now yes. well I'll play that one for her right now who knows the square root of 1225 willow
5: who's gentle of heart and nimble with a hard drive
2: willow willow Then we have, I'm not going to play all of them, don't worry. Or maybe, oh, no, now they all want me to play all of them, I bet. Okay, I'll play all of them. And then we have, of course, the Vamp Willow jingle. Oh, baby. So there's that. Uh, And we, no spoilers, but we may have some other developments uh, later where I'm sure she may get a jingle. Mm. Uh, But I feel like this, like, willow coming into her queerness, Mm. this is a different willow. Into her queerness and into her witchcraft. Yep. Right? It's like a grown-up, we need a grown-up willow jingle. And I think that if we don't have it now, we'll have it soon. Anyway, let's get to where we've been waiting to get to. The long road to
4: Tara's dorm.
2: (laughs) The subtitle for season four. God damn it. It's like, you know, you really get me when I have to lean
0: all the way away from the It's so good. I feel so
2: accomplished every time. (laughs) So Tara is, first of all, Mm. looking at the moon. In total darkness. In total darkness. <laughs> looking at the moon, which is also a mood. <laughs> yep. Yeah,
4: but also looking at the moon, which has to do with Oz. So she's probably contemplating the whole oh, thing, thinking man. about the moon because deep. he's a werewolf, right? <gasps> deep, Kate. Deep. Listen, I just
2: thought that and now I think I might be right. Yeah. yeah. I think you might be a genius. Uh, a real-time <laughs> genius here in the studio. <laughs> So she's looking at the moon, and Willow gets there with her candle. Her candle.
5: Oh, her will candle. you light my candle? No. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> it's nothing. They turned off my heat. And I'm just a little weak on my feet. Would you light my candle? What do
2: you Daring at. Holy shit! <laughs> <sighs> uh, and basically they have this conversation where Tara's like, you have to be with the person you, you love. love. She
3: <laughs> says, I am. <laughs>
2: Oh my God! So oh my the God. the words are being spoken. The words, Kate, that you have waited for as your nine year old self. Is that how old She's you were? She's she loves Tara. I'm tearing up again. Yeah, Kate's <laughs> crying right now. Oh, it's so important.
4: I like because I was just dying. Nothing like this existed, and I was like 13 or 14. I was the only gay kid I knew, and like of. Of anything, you know? And, like, seeing this moment where she's this character who I've loved, who I've grown up with, who I've known for (sighs) years. I have the chills all over my body. uh, It's it's just, like, it's so funny. I don't know if you're, I mean, I'm sure this doesn't happen to you because people know your deal. But... If you're ever in a conversation with someone who's like, oh, yeah, I didn't really like Buffy. And you have to be like, oh, yeah, no, like it's not for everybody. But in your heart, you're just like, oh, no, you just like stabbed my favorite childhood toy in front of me. Because I never want to be that person that's like, you don't get it. I don't want to be a Star Wars jerk or whatever. But it's like, okay, But also (laughs) like so close to my heart, it's hard for me to like.
2: Yeah. also you're being so lovely with these people i i feel fully comfortable being like (laughs) you literally don't get it and you should
4: but it's hard because it is hard to get people into it now like the first season is really rough yeah there's some early on like a lot of it's really dated i Mm -hmm. totally get it there you know we've come a long way in terms of feminist representation in terms of every kind of representation Mm -hmm. a lot of which buffy falls short on but like if you grew up with it yeah, and, you know, you were then attached to it. So this moment where they're finally together and she says, you have to be with the person you love. And Willow says, I am. Oh. And it's the follow up to like, I am, you know, I'm yours. Yes. Which is, oh, I remember sitting there being like, are they going to do this? Are they? Is this really going to
2: happen? And like, it, and it you almost... don't just have to have the witchcraft analogy. Like, it's real. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I wonder how you. OK, well, so first of all, they, they have this moment. Yes. And she says, I am. And then Tara, I think, says, you mean. And Willow says, I mean. Yes. And fucking Tara, I'm, like, losing my mind. Kate is seeing the visual of me, like, slowly (laughs) tipping over (laughs) sideways. Um, But Tara says, oh, yes. Yeah, well,
4: no, it's Willow's, like, is that okay? Or, like, asks her a question and Tara says very much yes or oh, yes. Oh, yes. Oh, yes.
2: And then I think Willow (laughs) says,
4: Right now. Oh yeah, she's like I. She she has a little speech where she says something like you know things I put you through or whatever and she says I'm gonna start making it up to you starting now. Yes. And right now. right now.
2: And they're and like, they, are we doing this? Yeah. And they are. And, then she and blows they and the they candle. blow the candle out. <laughs> they blow it out. Now I wonder because I love this. Yeah. Like I, I want this scene to be this. Scene. I want it. The lines to be the, what they are. Yep. I want the candle to be blown out. I want it to go to black. That's what I want. Yeah. I like it, and I am a queer person. Mm-hmm. But I wonder if there's like some dissonance of like people who like are there people who exist who want the kiss now? Yeah, and and you know, and maybe and maybe I should want the kiss now. I just think that it's so beautifully done that I don't know. I don't know. But it was just like at the time, even the fucking candle was like
4: groundbreaking like nobody yeah. else was doing it unless it was a joke mm-hmm. unless it they were going to die right away unless something yeah. was like horrible was about to happen or whatever and it's just this beautiful moment and you know there's still something to look
2: forward to right there's still lots to look forward right. to <laughs> and it's so leads... much to look forward to but and I and I don't know like and I'm not like justifying but I get what you're saying whatever yeah. but but it just to me the moment it's like instead of us getting that then, we have the power to envision it too, which yeah. I mean could get complicated depending on who's envisioning it, but <laughs> we won't go there. But like my point is like I just feel like visually, I think, and emotionally, it may be more powerful in this moment to get exactly what we've gotten, which is the candle has been blown out. Yeah. And what's gonna come next? Cause it's
4: not just a kiss, it's like they about to fuck. <laughs> <laughs> like you d- got just, to, cake. just to spell it out like she says i'm gonna start making it up to you right now yep. and she blows out the candle and i remember sitting on the couch next to my mom and the two of us were both just like <laughs> wow <laughs> like that just happened because yeah. it was a big deal for my mom too and yeah. like it was yeah it was such a moment where we were just like My dad being like, I don't get it. What just
2: happened? (laughs) (laughs) I mean, this is – and you've said it. We've talked about it. We don't need to, like, talk about it forever. But it it really is important, especially if you're listening to this podcast as a first-time viewer, Mm. uh, as a person who might be younger. This was – Absolutely groundbreaking.
4: Yeah, like like it, un- we did
2: not have steven Universe. Right, we did
4: not have Ruby and Sapphire. We had no like, nice things, <laughs> and there we was got nothing. a nice thing. And it was so nice, and it was so, and it was given. Like this whole episode yes. was about that. Right. Was about Willow's like confirmation of her sexual identity, mm-hmm. and like not just that, but her feelings and like. That
2: just didn't
4: exist on right. TV. Not nuanced. No. not Not
2: deep. Not like, you know, if we if we got anything, it was a quick storyline, a yep. storyline that ended very fast. Or it was because somebody
4: body swapped or right. like was, you know, it's, this is also because I've been watching DS9 with Cohen right. and
2: there's a <laughs> Lots lot. Lots of body swapping.
4: There's a, there's, well, Dax is a whole thing. But um, <laughs> yeah, it, it really was like, it just felt like someone was reaching through the TV at yeah. me as a tween and being like you exist like this is real this is yeah. a real thing this is an option for you check it out totally totally <laughs> a try, so, girls. Yeah. A try girls
2: yeah try girls <laughs> uh yes so holy fork and shit oops holy holy, <laughs> fork, holy and fork and shirt, shirt balls, balls. <laughs> i read it all the time i never say it and this mm. is i'm practicing i'll get better uh i think that we have done this did I we miss like a thing anything i don't think we've missed a thing I don't want to miss them. <laughs> it has been such, as I knew it would be, such a fucking delight to talk about this episode with you, Kate. It's
4: so, I was so glad. I went to watch it and I was like, oh, yeah, this is, I know there's something about Oz in it. But because the last thing we'd done was uh, the the Veruca episode, I was yeah. like, that was still in my mind. And I forgot. I forgot that this was Willow's coming out. Yeah. Like Not to everyone, but to her best friend and to herself. And like, it's, oh, yeah. So big.
2: Uh, Props to that. It's like pointing that out. I mean, we've talked about it, but we haven't like said it, right? That Willow has come out to herself in this episode. That is a thing, uh, a major, massive thing, a thing that often takes us as queer people the longest to do. I just love, I love how she explains it to Buffy when she was like, it
4: wasn't something that I've looked, that I was looking for, but like, it's what happened and it's good. And like, yeah. It's just like, Willow's been going through this whole thing that Buffy didn't know anything about, and it is also, you know, just really underlines, like, how much, you know, she's going through away from everybody else and how, like, ugh, I just, I love Willow. (laughs) Yeah,
2: we're we're all there with you. Um, Kate. Yes. Tell the lovely people, though I'm sure they all know by now, but tell them where they can find you and what you're doing. Um, well, you can find me pretty much anywhere online at Kate Leth because
4: uh, Tumblr is dead. So it doesn't,
2: <laughs> RIP. It truly uh, is.
4: Doesn't matter anymore. Yeah, on Instagram, on Twitter, pretty much primarily. I'm not doing as many shows this year because I'm uh, doing a lot of pitching and writing and stuff, but yeah find me online. Yeah. Come around. You can, join, online. you can join my Patreon at bisexual.zone. Oh
2: my God. <laughs> I forget every time how I do not know, but it's a joy because I get to experience the pleasure all over again. It was, it's $20 a year to own that domain name and it is worth every fraction of a penny. Honest to God. Yeah. Truly. Wow. Uh, I am Kristen Russo, and you can find more about me on my website, which is harder to spell. Uh, I did not get bisexual.zone. I got KristenNoline.com. We haven't heard the jingle in a minute, so I'm going to pop it in there for you.
5: Kristen with an I, N-O-E-L-I.
2: You can learn uh, about the work that I do with LGBTQ communities over there. And just, like, follow me. You can use that same spelling to follow me on Instagram and on Twitter. You can follow BufferingCast at BufferingCast on Twitter, on Facebook, and on Instagram. You're right, Tumblr it's just it's dead. It's dead. It's just no more. Uh, sorry if you're a big Tumblr fan out there, but <laughs> I think it's seen its day. Uh, and, of course, you can support us. You can also support us uh, on our Patreon. You can find all of that at bufferingthevampireslayer.com. If you are not able to financially support us, that's totally cool. You can go on over to iTunes and rate and review the show. Or, and or, you can go on over and rate and review Angel on Top, our sister podcast that goes in tandem with us talking about every episode of angel, mm. delightful, just delightful. Kate, are you ready to howl? Oh, out? am I? Until next time. A-woo! A-woo! <laughs> that was like a special werewolf howl. It was.
5: <laughs> <laughs> a shoebox hidden underneath your bed. of you, you can't confess This world was made to make you feel alone But I'm forever in your corner Don't you know Whatever your song, I'm singing along with you Whatever your path, I got your back You know that I do Nothing that comes could ever divide us You know, I'll be right by your side Whatever your song, I'm singing along With you If you think that I could ever judge you Let me break that gavel into This world will Like a domino But I'm forever in your corner Don't you know Whatever your song I'm singing along with you Whatever your path i got your back You know that I do Nothing that comes Could ever divide us You know I'll be right by your side Whatever your song I'm singing along song i'm singing along with you whatever your path i got your back you know that i do nothing that comes could ever divide us you know i'll be right by your side whatever your song i'm singing along with you
1: are the hosts of comic sans the podcast about comics for those who are sans knowledge i'm yen a reader writer liver and breather of comic books and i'm nat and i know absolutely nothing about comics which makes both of us authorities in our respective fields exactly Hey, wait. On Comic Sans, I make Nat read some of my favourite comics, including Sandman, Saga, and Laura Olympus. And Yen tells me what makes that comic special. Then I hear what Nat thinks, and I try to avoid a pulmonary embolism. While I actively try to give him one. Listen to Comic Sans on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. You can already binge our first season, and we just released a special bonus episode on Across the Spider-Verse. Hey, Nat, before we go, I'll give you 50 bucks if you can tell me what Comic-Con is. Is it related to Chili Con-Carn? Do you mean chili con carne? Maybe we should be chili sands.